It's the rendezvous with Simon Marcel. Bonjour et bonsoir, c'est Simon Marcel. Welcome to the rendezvous. I hope you had a good day. I hope you're in, either in your car, sitting comfortably, uh, going home, or maybe going to work. I just want to say something. Earlier this morning, I had to do an old change for my car, so I was at the dealership about 15, 20 minutes from where I live here in the Midwest. And there's a wonderful team, wonderful team. I mean, the service is, is impeccable. Um, but one thing struck me over there was the silence. You know, the times are so hard, there was like no phone ringing. No one was, you know, talking to nobody. They were very polite, very efficient, great dealership. But really, working in such a silence and no one is calling you, no one is coming in. Wow. It was, it, was, uh, it was an interesting moment to observe in this crazy world. Anyway, uh, I said that because we talked about car and I just thought about this. But now let's go back to the main core of the rendezvous, your relationships. Call me, 855-905-8255. If you have a question for me, 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Jackie. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour. So, you're in a relationship for, what, four years, and what's going on? What, how can I help you? Well, we, we bicker so much, and um, mm. I just want to know what I can do to stop getting into these patterns of over and over just um, senseless bickering. So, who starts the bickering, and why does it go on? What, just tell me usually, what is this about? Well, usually um, my boyfriend will come home after a long day of work and he'll complain about something. And um, I don't have a lot of patience for it. Um, I mean, I try to be patient and listen and stuff, but uh, he get, he just, he'll complain over really stupid things. And then we'll, we'll just bicker back and forth about that. I see. Uh, the back and forth is what keeps the bickering going on. So why do you bicker back? I just feel like a lot of his problems are self-made and, and he blows them out of proportion. And mm -hmm. in my industry where I work, I work with women who are victims of domestic violence. So I see people oh. with real problems. So it's hard for me to have empathy for my boyfriend, you know. Okay. But there is a deeper issue. The bickering is just the top of the iceberg. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think is the bigger issue between you and him in the last four years? Is there something that is unspoken? I'm not sure. I'm, I mean, uh, we had plans for our life that didn't work out exactly the way we wanted it. Yeah, why? Like um, having a child that didn't work uh -huh, out. That, yeah. And what happened? Well, you know, I wasn't able to have a baby. Oh, I'm sorry, I see. Okay. And I had to ask this deeper question, uh, more personal, but because yeah. when we don't talk about the really root of the issues, we can bicker and fight all day long instead of something much more difficult to talk about, and maybe a shrink can help both of you in the middle, but where you have to talk about how you felt about everything that has happened, he has to also talk and express how he felt about all of that and what's the solution together moving forward. And I think that maybe you take the lead and you say, listen, I've talked to Simon here and all that, and then uh, I think yeah. we need to uh, you know, express both how we feel. Maybe we go see a therapist, and if we can because of COVID, maybe we buy a journal each and write down everything we felt and talk about it, but we can't escape to talk about the big issue that right. is constantly making us maybe anxious or upset at each other. I think you're absolutely right. I just, it never even occurred to me that there would be an underlying issue. So thank uh, you for that. 
all right, Jackie, well, I'm glad I could help, and uh, things will get much better and much more peaceful once you have resolved the biggest difficult issues you guys have faced, yes. okay? Thank you, Simon. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for calling, and have a wonderful night. You too. Have you ever found yourself bickering or fighting constantly about something with your significant other and not realizing really why? So let's talk about this next. Have you ever found yourself, uh, just like my last caller, Jackie, constantly fighting small things and then not realizing there is something, you know, there's a root to that issue that you're just fighting about the tip of the iceberg. The problem is much deeper. Uh, in the case of uh, Jackie, unfortunately, they couldn't have a kid. And so, of course, instead of talking about that and maybe going to therapy and they both, you know, fight about something else. And, and I think we have to remember, if it's often, like daily, we try to fight about little things constantly, we have to look in our history and say, what really went wrong between us? And it's, sometimes it's nobody's fault, but you've got to go to the root of the problem. You want to know how I know this? I have a personal story that I think you will, you will appreciate exactly about that. So my story is next. So talking about, you know, constantly bickering or fighting with a partner, I remember um, before I moved to the States, I was dating a wonderful French woman. And um, I moved to the States on a business opportunity sent by my company to open a subsidiary. Everything went rapidly. And when I had to tell her, she was so upset and so disappointed that I was leaving Paris. And I told her she could come back and forth. I would come back and forth. She said, yeah, but I don't see it happening. And then we started fighting about everything. We stopped talking about the fact that I was living in a couple months, and we thought about everything else. And my therapist told me, he said, you guys have to talk about the fact you live in Paris and how she feels about it. And you have to listen, Simon. It's not about the little things. It's about the fact that life has been upside down because you're moving to the States. And that was not in the plan originally. It wasn't. So happy I did. But she wasn't, and I understand that. And obviously, she left me before I left for the States. C'est la vie. But don't forget, it's always by treating the root of the problem that you find peace in your everyday relationship. You call the next. If you have a question for me, call the rendezvous. 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Paige. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, bonjour. What's going on with your boyfriend? How can I help you? Um, I just don't know if I should give him a second chance. Uh, I'm just really torn about things right now. We went on vacation a couple weeks uh -huh. ago, but he shoplifted and I dumped him. He stole something? Yes, at a store. What happened? Supposedly, I was in the car waiting for him and he went into the store and he came back 20 minutes later and I just noticed something in his pocket and it was just his body language. It was a phone case. And he put it on his phone like nothing, but I didn't see a receipt or a bag. And I just was, I just, it was my gut feeling. Like I knew something was weird, something was wrong. And I remember him telling me back in his younger days, like he would test the boundaries, you know, him and his brother, and they would, you know, steal things when they were younger. And I would hope that he would grow out of it. But the entire vacation, it was always on the back of my mind. And I didn't confront him until two days ago. And he did admit to me that he did steal that phone case. Mm-hmm. How did that make you feel? Angry, frustrated, so disappointed in him. Like, I just can't believe someone would do that, especially at his age. Like, it's just, I don't know if I could ever trust him again. 
Yeah, I understand. I mean, it's a delinquent. It's an act of delinquency. Yes. Yeah. Plain and simple. So, is there a reason to give him a second chance that you're not telling me about? Do you have, you know, what's your intuition? Is like, is there anything good that can counterbalance his mistake? Yeah, it's just I know he has a good heart, and he's he is. I know it sounds funny to say, but he is a good person, and I know he just did something stupid. It's just it just sucks because we've spent a year together, and you know, just finding out now that he has. Like, he's willing to do this with no problem. It's just hard. It's just hard because, you know, I was planning a future with him, and he just decided to do that, and I just can't get over that. It's just his character, you know? Like, his morals. Like, I just, it doesn't align with mine. I agree. I probably would not give a second chance to somebody who does that, too. So, I think no second chance. I think it's time to move on and and um, just find somebody who respects the law, not an outlaw. Perfect. Thank you, Simon. You're most welcome. Good luck to you and have a good night. Thank you, Paige. Thank you. Changing gears, I am going to go answer Selma's email uh, about the guy that she started to date. He did something and she's not sure of how to respond. So um, I'm going to help her and her email is next. I received a question from Selma uh, through an email at therendezvousshow.com. Salma goes, Bonjour Simon, the man I've been dating texted me and said he's going on a vacation for a week and to have a great week. He never mentioned his vacation before and it feels like he's saying we won't talk until he gets back. We're not exclusive yet, so do I even have the right to ask him what's going on? Please advise. Ah, good question. You guys are not exclusive and the man you've been seeing for a little bit goes on a vacation without you and tell you to have a great week. Do you have a right to ask him what's going on? I'll tell you that next. How would you react if, let's say, you've been seeing a new partner for a bit and uh, you guys are not exclusive and this new partner says to you that he's going on a vacation for a week, like this, just out of the blue, and he wishes you a great week. And then you wonder, since we're not exclusive, do I have even the right to ask him what's going on? And my answer is no. No. Uh, until you are exclusive, and you have both defined a relationship as exclusive, you have no rights on your partner, plain and simple. That's the rule of the land. It's not like this in France, but here it is. So um, it's not against you. It shows where you are. This man is not you know, ready to commit to you, and he's doing his own thing. But that's uh, fine, and I think uh, maybe it gives you an opportunity to meet somebody else or get to know somebody else too while he's away. But you shouldn't ask him what's going on. That's my advice. You call the next. Bonjour, Chloé. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour. So what's going on with the guy you, you've been dating? What's the issue? How can I help? Yeah, so I've known him for about four years. And um, we've basically been off and on for all of this time. And it started off like as good as it could possibly get, like amazing chemistry, he told me he loved me. I told him I loved him. And then a couple months into that, he said he didn't want to talk anymore or even be friends. But then a few months after that, he reached out again and he kept saying that like the only reason why he said that was because it was just too perfect and he got scared. So I hmm. believed him and then he just still won't commit. Like it's been off and on for three years. And so I just don't know what to do anymore, what to think about it. Okay. Um, before do? I answer the question, how does that make you feel, this on and off for three years? 
um, I don't know, just confused because mm-hmm. he's like so special and everything is so good when we're together, but he just keeps disappearing. Mm-hmm. Does it make you feel insecure? It doesn't make me feel insecure because every time like he's dated other people and I've dated other people and like I just feel like nothing could compare to what it is but I still just don't understand why he wouldn't just commit to it. We should also understand why you keep coming back to a man who doesn't want to be with you all the time. You are hooked and that's your problem now is that you are there for him and so you are on the back burner Chloe. And so my advice is to not continue with this man. This is a toxic relationship. I mean, you would think that it would be toxic, but it doesn't feel toxic. I don't know. It's just... uh. Well, if it didn't feel toxic, uh, you would be either exclusive and moving forward, or you'd be separated. So there is the highs and the lows, which means, you know, you you have, like you said, amazing high with him. Mm -hmm. But... It's not constant. It's not building up. It's the same repetition of the same thing over and over. And then it stops. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I've given you my perspective. Uh, I think it is toxic. I think you will end up burned at the end. Uh, sooner or later, this man will fall in love with somebody else. But right. I'm going to let you discover that and, uh, and go from there. You know, it's what didn't work yesterday doesn't work tomorrow. Okay? Okay, well, thank you so much. It's okay. I'm sorry to be a Debbie Downer a little bit, but I'm here to protect you and your soul and call it like it is. Yeah, for sure. All right, Chloe, be strong and do what's good for you. Follow your intuition. Right, okay. Thank you. All right, thank you so much. Have a good night. You too. The question is, how do you know you may be yourself in a toxic relationship? Let's talk about what defines this toxic relationship next. If you did listen to my last phone call with Chloe, you know, uh, she has been back and forth for four years with a guy, but he's not committing. And then there's the highs when everything is great and nothing compares. That's in her own words. And then there's the lows. She dates other people. She dates other people and they come back together. And I said to her, this is the definition of a toxic relationship. And she said, oh, but you know, he's so great and all this. I said, yes, but what does that mean to be toxic? When do you know it's a toxic relationship. What are the signs that you've been dating somebody and then there's some things that appears to you and you don't want to see those signs? So let me, let me be clear and tell you next. What are the signs you're in a toxic relationship? So what are the signs you are in a toxic relationship? Sign number one, it's the same signs than addiction. Highs and lows, highs and lows. Excitement, depression, fight, Ooh la la. Constantly, highs and lows. Okay, sign number one. Sign number two, repetition, no evolution. Meaning, you do the same thing, same pattern, same fight, same making up, same repetition, no evolution. You're not being exclusive, you're not building a future, you're not building anything. You are just up and down and up and down. And finally, everybody else around you tells you that this is not good for you and maybe you should look at it the way it is. Uh, And sign number four, your intuition tells you something is off. But it feels so good, the highs, that you want to disregard your intuition. Those four signs, I know them because I've experienced them personally. So keep that in mind. If it happens to you, 
and you can't get out of it alone, call a shrink. That's what I did. It works 100%. That's my advice. You call the next. If you want to share a personal romantic story, an experience that happened to you, call the rendezvous now. 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Marisol. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Marisol. So, um, I know you have a romantic experience and story to tell me, so I'm all ears. Yes, I do. So, I've been stressing at work a lot, right? It's, it was going crazy at this time. And um, my husband just all of a sudden said, hey, take tomorrow off. And I took tomorrow off the next day, and he took me to this wonderful place where they do ancient baths. And, you know, it was beautiful. The place inside, the decor was wonderful. We had full body massages. It, it was just beautiful. Man. I came out of there feeling relaxed, feeling like mm -hmm. a baby. I felt <laughs> so loved, you know. It was I like beautiful. that. How did that make you feel emotionally? You said so loved, right? What else would you say? Yeah, it, it made me feel important. It made me feel like someone actually cared about me and someone cared about the fact. It's like I didn't tell him I was stressed, Simon. He knew this. And it was just huh. like, how did you know what to do to make me feel better? Well, listen, it's a great story. And it's inspirational because, Marisol, you know, I think a lot of us are stressed, to say the least, lately. And, mm -hmm. and we have to pay attention to our partners and remember that a good massage went safe again because with all this craziness, but um, is, is wonderful. So thank you so much for sharing that story. I always said there's no love without proof of love. This man loves you, and it's obvious. So thank you for sharing. Have a good night. You too, Simon. I want to finish with a question that I think is a very real question, and, and unfortunately of our time. Has this pandemic made you feel way more lonely than normal? Let's talk about that next. So, has this pandemic made you feel way more lonely than normal? I posted that question. I wanted to know how you feel. I know how I feel about it in the last six months almost. But this is about you. So, I posted that on my social media at Ronnie Radio. And here are the results. 81% of you voted yes. It has made me feel more lonely. And 19% said no. And I'm a big part of the 81%. And I want to complain about it. <laughs> and say it's difficult because I've spent the last six months alone in my house in the Midwest with my teddy bear, Mr. Lewis. And that is as much visitation that I have. So thank God for the show. Thank God for you, for being there on my show and my team. Thank you so much for listening tonight. Thank you for your questions. Et bonsoir. The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel.